voice and cry in Asia, in Atlantic, in Africa, in Australia, raise, raise, rest them, 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 Jesus, rest them, 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 Jesus, rest them, rest them, rest them, rest, 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 rest in North America, oh, in South America, Jesus, in Australia, everywhere.
Sante de Buhudi. Lako Savarabahadi. Zebededo. Zebedede Belikata. Shantala Mahaile. Shantala Mahaile. Reki Savaru Labradede Behesada. Nan Sabadede Kalabu Zibedede Zabatalado de Beheshkedede Lakuraba Santa Lamahaile Santa Ramahaile de Shibaribo Liabaka Zivre Dobo Zivre Kimenanta Lahadila Jegueda Laburukutele Lozobodi Masse Pratikenendo Yakwatabe Zebeledo Rakasi Belekotorobobobobo Jadi Zebebebe Labronde 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 Rekete Baba 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 Babu Rekete Leke Sibarakuriata Lepre Enturaman Sabarie Sabarie Tola Rekete Barie Koria Basanta Rabaha Zebre Kuriante Gain Zegay, 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 Zegay. Rako Raba Sanantaika. Jepepepepela. Repe Suriente Gay. Lapo Ragadigo Zukurikiti. Ayeto Rabahadi. Ayeto Mayaka Sabelo. Sabelo Ribahajede. Ah, you are worthy. We worship you tonight. We welcome you tonight. We welcome you tonight. We welcome you tonight. We welcome you tonight. Be thou glorified. Be thou lifted high. Sura Makoria Bababahade. Zebele Keturia Babahade. Lano Nebegedi. You're welcome. You are welcome. You are welcome, Lord. Do as you please. Do as you please. Do as you please, Lord. Come in the room. Do what only you can do. La Seleko Mababa. Then, Lord, I am available. Zikoba Zalemohoriaka Bababate. Visit us tonight. Speak to us tonight. Speak through us tonight. Let your power be on display. Let your glory be unchallenged. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Fall afresh on us. Let there be a fresh baptism of your glory. A fresh infilling of your anointing. Zalemo Rokoriaba Sabande Rekoriaba Hasadala. 
a fresh endowment of the grace of your sovereignty build with us build in us build us establish your kingdom to you be all glory all honor and praise now and forever Uraka saburi kinana murunde de beji la sura baba hadi kanondoro bohusi keti beji Father tonight let the turbines of your anointing turn on the inside of everyone raise a company of prophets raise a house of sent ones lekuman sabrakatiba let every man child and woman come into a new space of your glory let it be let it be let it be lord let each receive an inheritance let each receive an inheritance let each receive an inheritance let each one transition to another realm in your glory as your word is taught lord divide an inheritance divide 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 each their portion in the land each their portion in the land each their portion of the covenant each their portion of the covenant each their portion of that which you have ordained lord sovereign lord sovereign lord do exceedingly abundantly far above all that we can ask or think or imagine according to the power that is at work within us get that power started holy ghost and crank the shaft till it bursts into the flame of your glory we lift up the things you spoke to us last night we declare the restraining power of God over every Sabon Gary that the fire of the workers of iniquity will not be kindled restrain the beast of violence and bloodshed for your people who would be persecuted we speak over the continent of Africa that the beast of war and military military coups and 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 bloody uprisings are quelled and put down in the name of Jesus. We speak to the altars of witchcraft in the city of London in the United Kingdom and we break them and burn them in the fire of your spirit. We establish your counsel. We establish the judgment written. This pleasure have all your saints let it be as you have spoken in the name of jesus thank you lord thank you jesus hallelujah 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 worthy is your name 
Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In the city of the Lord and the Akomapata and the mountain of his holiness. He is beautiful for this and every situation. We call him the joy of the whole world and we declare that tonight we are in Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the great city of the great king. So we take our place as senators in Zion, as parliamentarians in the holy city. We seat in the places you have assigned to us and we pass your legislation as your heart doth desire. Thine be the kingdom and the power and the glory now henceforth and forever and the people of God all around the world say amen amen and amen I am excited tonight welcome everybody to night five so after today we have 35 more days to go that that that's that 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 beer is jumping about. Uh, good to see you, everybody. Tony, good to see you again. Alus nahariandesh kapaleturia bra askorondo bre itinanguba zeliko. Now, now God spoke about this a few days ago, but I hear it again. I don't know if it's the same person uh, who just needs a top-up experience or it's a different person, but I, I I see God healing ulcers right now, ulcers of the stomach just right now i see the red the red angry uh sores just drying up i see some form of a like a white liquid from heaven you know i, I know ulcers are usually treated with something called milk or magnesia i know it's white but i just see this white balm from heaven just like a white gel just settling in your stomach in your system and it's it's just bringing peace and calmness and healing and and we say so be it in jesus name amen uh, there's somebody with an arthritic finger it's caused you a lot of pain god is healing it right now an arthritic finger one of your fingers is arthritic one of your digits and everybody with arthritis whether it's in your finger or wherever else it is you know when god gives a word to one person you might as well just jump in the floor and slurp for yourself amen as so well we come against arthritis and we shut it down and it's pain and discomfort for the people of god in the name of jesus all right let's get straight to the word tonight i've been a weekday like i promised you we will be done uh on exactly on or just before 8 30 united kingdom time it is right now 13 past 7 united kingdom time so we have an hour and 17 minutes to get into the word of the lord chrissy good to have you with me as well and everybody else out there so let's get to it shall we oh hallelujah 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 um chrissy don't worry today i'll uh, i'll handle the uh the bible duties i'll let you let you have the night off just to receive amen can't say i don't love you do I, can you now well if you doubt that i love you then you need deliverance all righty let's go straight to the word of the lord tonight um Hey, 
give you the praise you are. Mm, mm, mm. There's a debt that has given someone sleepless nights that God is addressing right now. It's a debt. You've run around like a headless chicken. You've asked for help. Um, everything you've done hasn't worked and it's, it's given you palpitations at this point. And God says, I will step in and I will sort it out. Now, I don't know if it means he'll give you the money or he'll cancel it supernaturally, but whatever one it is, congratulations in advance. God is dealing with debt in the name of Jesus. And uh, I speak supernatural uh, financial empowerment to everybody who is struggling financially. May God give you insight, ideas, and favor because money doesn't answer to hard work. It answers to two things ideas and favor in the natural realm of course in the spirit realm it answers to the altar of financial sacrifice but after having raised an altar of financial sacrifice god will answer your desire or your supplication for finance by one or two of two things one is ideas insights and the other one is um favor and so i release both supernatural insight and favor for financial flows that will meet future generations like a, like the bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children so, for his children's children and so um i pray that god will empower you to be good men and women so welcome to everybody from all around the world for those of you who don't know this is day five of a 40-day journey uh in the word and in prophetic declaration and blessing uh we are on the road we are on the road yeah, we're on the road to the Kingdom Culture Summit on the 15th of November. Uh, you can and should register now. And God gave an instruction. We're in the middle of a 90-day fast as a house. But as we came to this season, God spoke to me a few days ago, about seven, eight days ago now. No, five or six days ago on my knees and said, I want you to declare from the day after the day he spoke to me a 40-day journey of teaching, blessing, and prophetic declaration. It is written. And the idea behind heaven's instruction is to, to prepare us for a transaction at the summit. So this is, this is the prelude to the summit. Amen. Uh, and when I'm done, I don't know, maybe I should just take myself off the, off the preaching rotor for the summit. Because by the time this is over, you would have heard my voice straight for 54 days, counting the week of apostolic emphasis. Is it, are you sure it's a good thing, Tony? So uh, should I take myself off the summit rotor? And you can hear the other amazing preachers coming. Uh, but this is to lay a foundation, both in doctrine, but also in supernatural transaction. So when you come, you're boom, you're ready to go. God can just drop it and you fly. Uh, but we're also going to be dealing with a curriculum uh, that will prepare you, like Daniel 11.32 says, we looked at this on day one, to be strong and do exploits. The Bible says, they that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. So we're, we're going through a curriculum that I believe every Christian should study in discipleship. This is the curriculum. I'm going to be trying to summarize as much as possible in 40 days. Uh, what has brought me to where I am humbly in my walk with God and my capacity, listen, to function as his extended hand. And so as, God, as I shared with you yesterday on Sunday at the morning service, and by the way, if you, missed, if you are not a member of Kingdom Culture Movement, that's fine, but Sunday morning at our service, there was a prophetic explosion and some things were declared just this one week you might want to go watch that video um 
Well, one of them was that God wants to raise a company of prophets who just happen to be sons, not just people who are sons of the prophet. And that in this house and in other houses around the world, God is calling for an apostolic quorum. And so I'm hoping over this 38, 35 days left that you are downloading an impartation to come into your own inheritance of glory and power. Amen. There should be many of us, not few of us in our day. Uh, and also, if you are anywhere around the world and you feel this is a significant watering trough in your life, please, Chrissy, help me out. Send us an email at contact at kculture.org. If you just tune in and you like to be blessed by what God is saying on this platform, that's fine. You don't need to do this. But if you feel a kindred spirit, if you feel that God has been laying on your heart that this is one of, if not the primary spiritual ba basin from which he would have you drink in this season, like there's an inheritance for you in what God is pouring out here, then please send us an email at contact.kculture.org. We don't just want to preach to you. We don't just want you to give an offering every now and again. Uh, we want to shepherd or at least impart to you on a more systematic basis. We want to set up systems for your growth and your well-being. And, and if the Lord so desires, we're not promising, but if God so instructs us, perhaps we set up regional uh, regional expressions around which you can receive more of a systematic spiritual impartation or deposit system so contact the cake call to the dog that also goes for those of you who are our financial and prayer partners or who want to become one so we, we want to know who we're responsible for so we can be responsible shepherds in the spirit Alrighty, so let's go to the word of the lord for tonight first thessalonians chapter five first thessalonians chapter five uh, we're going to read it, then we're going to dive straight in. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 23 says, And the very God of peace. Now, if you know anything about the Bible and about how I teach people to study the Bible, the fact that it starts with an and should tell you something, right? It means figure out what came before. But because of time, it's all right. It's all right. Because of time, we're not going to bother with that. And so we're just going to look at verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Somebody say sanctify. Sanctify you holy. Colon. Meaning, there is an equivalence in the two sentences on the other side of the colon. Colon. And I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I repeat quickly. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Now, as we've established... When you see a colon in any English literature, much less the Bible, treat it as an equation sign, as an equation sign between two sides of an equation. I think we flogged that to death. So the first side of the equation is that somebody is asking God to sanctify a set of people wholly. And the key word here is holy. H-O-L-L-Y. Not to W-H-O-L-L-Y. Not holy as in Kadosh, H-O-L-Y. 
then the colon then says, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. Now, um, for, at the expense of going too deep here, suffice to understand that the word holy here is referring to spirit, soul, and body. And the word sanctify is referring to what will make that blameless. In essence, to sanctify you holy, according to the scripture, would seem to suggest to be meaning that every part of you is preserved in a state that God would approve of. Are you with me? Now, if you know the meaning of the word sanctify, and because of time tonight, I'm going to rush. See, see these 40 days as, uh, pardon? Say again? No, just nuggets. See them as a rabbit hole you should dig further down. Just take me down a little bit in the house, just a tiny bit, my mic, just a teeny, mini bit in the house. In essence, I want you every night and every week, and when we're done, to take the things that have been discussed, right, and go and pull them apart on your own. Be a Berean Christian. Check to see that the things that this, thank you, would be Paul, is saying are true. But if you study the word sanctify in the Greek, it literally means for something to be put in a state that is blameless to God. In fact, shall we look at it real quick? Let me just sat satisfy your, um, your, your curiosity if it does exist as to whether or not uh, I, am, I am saying the truth. So the word sanctify in the Greek is the word hegiezo from the root word hegios, right? The word hegios, the, its root word means holy or set apart or in a condition that meets the standard of a sovereign thing. Now, its root word, to the, what Hegiezo here says, to render or to acknowledge to be venerable or hollow. In essence, Hegiezo is the verb if Hegios is the adjective. Hegios is a state. Hegiezo is the process by which something is put in that state. To separate from profane things and dedicate to God. To consecrate things to God or people to God. To purify, to cleanse externally. To make holy, purify or consecrate mentally or venerate. So are we clear that sanctify literally means to make blameless before God. It means to be in a condition that God finds no fault with. Cool. So if that is true, then my, my theory about the equation must be correct. In essence, if sanct so sanctify you holy, if it's equal to praying God that your spirit, soul, and body are preserved blameless, right? Then... If sanctify means to preserve blameless, then holy must by definition mean spirit, soul, and body. Let me know in the comment section if you follow so far because tonight is important. Tonight is very, very key. 
So I just want some feedback to know that you, you agree or at least get, you don't have to agree, I'll prove it beyond doubt in, in, a, in a few minutes, but, but at least that you understand what it is I'm trying to say. You're tracking with me. Okay, so if that's the case, and you're wondering, how did we get from John chapter four last night, Rev, to 1 Thessalonians chapter five today? Well, if you remember, after establishing John four, which was God is spirit, that there's a what and a who to God. The what is that he is spirit. Jesus said to the woman, you don't know what you worship. We do know what we worship, right? God, then the next sentence is God is spirit. So the what is spirit. And we talked about the fact that that has several connotations and several uh, strands of thought that you must grapple with. Down just a tiny bit more, the, the, the in the house, not the game, just in the house, the slider. Tiny, tiny bit. Uh, uh, if you're a good student of scripture, you can't just hit that verse and drive off. You know, there are verses in the Bible that are designed to be potholes. Uh, 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 what's the word called now? Not, um, there's a name for them. Um, speed bumps. Uh, God intends you to get there and get stuck for a while because you now need to unpack what this means for the rest of everything else you have read your whole life. Uh, one of them for me was Psalm 82. I have said unto you that ye are gods. And the word there is Elohim. When I hit that verse, it, it trapped me for a year. Because it upended a lot of my Sunday school theology. I had to re reconfigure the Bible in my mind to understand what the whole Bible meant around that word. Well, this is another one. God is spirit. There are other, we talked about that there are other things. Other entities that are also spirit, he's seeking worshipers, meaning they potentially too may be seeking worshipers, but his definition of worship is very narrow, spirit and truth. Proskuneo was very narrow, spirit and truth, meaning anything else. And we talked about from Romans 12 that acceptable worship to any spirit is the sacrifice of your life, choices, behavior, value systems, and cultures. And so how you live your life, if it is outside the boundary of spirit and truth, is proskineoing another spirit. We dealt with that. Then we then went to John chapter 2, where we looked at the fact, because we know John 3, so we're, we're going to see what happened on the way to John chapter 4. How did we get here? I established that John is not a chronological ordered gospel like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all the time. It's John wrote for a specific purpose to establish the divinity of Jesus. In essence, the gospel of John is is a record of occurrences on the earth that specifically make the case for the divinity of Yeshua. So it starts from his pre-eternal state as the word with God, him coming to the earth to dwell among men, the forerunner called John, who the Bible says was uh, sent to prepare the way for him as a prophet. And then we go to chapter two, about how the first thing we see is the miracle of Cana. It explains what it means by God being a spirit and desiring proskineo, that Jesus is sat in the wedding doing nothing until somebody says whatever he says do. He is not told, we will do whatever you say. Somebody is told outside his hearing, whatever you say, do. And the moment he discerns a willingness to proskineo, he swings into action. We then see the next thing that happens is something from the week. So John chapter 2, the second part of John chapter 2, goes to the, to the end of his ministry, the week before he dies, to talk about him whipping people out the temple. 
And he's saying, see, you can proskineo me on your own terms for your own life, your wedding. But when it comes to my temple, my wider agenda, I will demand it. And then we, get, we got all the way to the end of John chapter 3. John chapter 2, sorry, not 3. John chapter 2. So Chrissy, I'm going to deal with the what we're putting on the screen. You help me deal with putting it on the screen so we can uh, we can make good time together. So just let me let me spotlight the um the screen share at the moment. So in John now at the end of John chapter 2 verse 23, the Bible says, "Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did." Now, we establish the fact that believing in him is not the same as proskineo in him. The demons believe and tremble. Believing God or believing in God and worshiping him are two completely different burdens of action. You cannot worship him without believing in him. But you can believe in him without worshiping him. Verse 24 says, Jesus did not commit himself unto them. Listen, because he knew someone say, Amen. Now we see a mirror image here. God is spirit, meaning Elohim, Numa in the Greek. There are several members of the spirit class, but he is unique among them. But he shares certain tendencies with all of them. And then he then becomes unique by being elevated to another level. So God is, is a, the A, I keep stressing, for those of you who are theologians, I understand the A shouldn't be there. I'm just allowing it to be there for the sake of making the point. But I, I, I know it's, the Greek doesn't have the word A there. Um, so God is a spirit, but not every spirit is God. So we're introduced to both Yahweh, the king spirit, but a world of beings who also satisfy the requirement of being spirit. The Bible then says here, Chris, let's go back, John chapter 2, that Jesus knew what all men. So again, we see a class of beings called men. Now, you and I are men, male or female men. Not every man is Israel. Israel is a man, not every man is Israel. So we see the generic spirit world and the generic human world. There is an interaction between both. There is then supposed to be an interaction between the king spirit, God, and the individual man, you. But the same way, before we can drill down, and over these 40 days, we will look at Yahweh as a special spirit. We will look at his attributes, his natures, what makes him tick. But... When you deal with him, you must also understand that while he is interested in you individually, there is a level at which he is relating simply as spirit to man. Not Yahweh to Tony, not Yeshua to Israel, but simply spirit to man. And this is the turning point at which we get to Thessalonians. He then says... He needed not that any should testify of man, colon, why? For he knew what was in man. 
So in John 4, we look at what is God. In John 2, we look at what is in man. Are you with me? But before we, now, before we go to what is in man, there is another question that we must ask. And Chrissy, if the quorum, the entire quorum playlist, now actually, there's a, there's a playlist of the quorum titled, What is Man? For about four or five weeks, we taught on the subject, What is Man? Right, Tony? Now, um, Chrissy, if it's possible to get that playlist in the video description here, because I am not going to repeat what I taught over four or five weeks. I'm just going to hit very, very succinct summaries in this journey. So um, if, you, if you're new to this forum, and by the way, you're welcome again. We want to hear from you. Contact at kculture.org. Write to us so we can understand how to better encourage or, or support you in your walk and growth with the Lord. But since June last year, on a Wednesday, every Wednesday, we've been teaching a series called The Quorum that has been designed to raise men and women God can use. So these 40 days are almost like 40 days of the quorum every day. It's different from Sunday. It's the, the curriculum is, it's, it's velvet. It's, it's, not, it's not common, let's just put it that way. So we've taught about this, the question in Psalm 8, 4. So now let's go to Psalm 8, chapter 4, or Psalm chapter 8, verse 4, real quick. What is man? Someone say, what is man? So we've spent three days answering the question, what is God? Now we need to start with what is man. Why? Because if proskineo is the connection, see, like we established, proskineo, worship, not singing, not liturgy, not animal sacrifices. The posture that says, I am surrendered in heart, life, and reality to you. I acknowledge your supremacy and importance over me. John 4 is showing us that proskineo is the only acceptable foundation for a relationship between Yahweh and man. Now, notice I said Yahweh because other spirits want proskineo, but they are illegal. Yahweh is the only spirit that was designed to receive proskineo. However, because he is spirit, and he is the father of all spirits, all other spirits inherited a capacity to receive proskineo. They should not receive proskineo, but they have inherited a capacity to receive proskineo. So proskineo is the relational interaction between the spirit world whether legitimately Yahweh or illegitimately others, and mankind. And in the same passage where Jesus established proskineo, worship, a life that literally is lived as the expression of your submission to the Spirit, Romans 12, then in that same passage, he first of all had to explain to us what God was. In essence, if proskineo is the interaction, he explained what is on this side of the scale. Well, we must also then visit what's on the other side of the scale. What is supposed to be worshiping God? Notice, I didn't say who. The same way God is a what and a who, 
every man is also a what and a who. And we establish that when you're dealing with what's and who's, if you don't understand the what, you'll get the who wrong. If you don't understand your wife is first a woman, you get her individuality wrong. The parts of her that have to do with her femininity that you must first grasp before you then go deeper to understand this particular feminine person. Same for your husband too. So the men shouldn't write me any longer and say I'm being unfair. Women, same applies to your husbands too. So in the same vein, what is man? Now let's go back to Psalm 8, Psalm 8, Chrissy. What is man, listen, that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Pause. So you see now that there are two, so man's response to God or man's interaction to God must be proskineo, worship. And if it will go to the true God, not other spirits, it must be within the confines of spirit and truth. We'll look at that. If we don't get there tonight, we'll get there tomorrow or the day after. So, in essence, what goes up is worshipping, or what should go up is the prescribed ascension is worshipping spirit and in truth. Well, we are seeing from Psalm 8... Follow, guys, just let me know in the comment section every once in a while. Let me know that you're tracking. I want to make sure I haven't lost you because this, is, this may be a little heavy for some of you. Um, if what goes up is spirit and truth proskineo, according to Psalm 8, what comes down should be mindfulness and visitation. Mm. You see, there's a contract here. It's bilateral. It's not one-way traffic. You, if he expects proskineo from you in spirit and truth worship, you have a right, according to Psalm 8, to expect what? Him to be mindful of you and to visit you. He told Moses, if you will build a tabernacle and put the ark symbolizing me in the Holy of Holies, he says, when you come there, I will meet with you and commune with you. See, it's a contract. I've told you, this walk with God business is a covenant. It is, it is, Tony, it, see, when you understand this thing, Tony, it becomes sweet. I, I just, I just wish... Tony, I, I just I wish I knew this 32 years ago. I wonder where I would be if I'd started 32 years ago from this foundation. It's not guesswork. It's a covenant. He says, you must worship me. And notice, every time in scripture, a man proskineoed, not just with his words or an action or an animal or a song, but every time in scripture a man lived a life proskineo, you see a pattern of God consistently being mindful of him, meaning mindful means you pay attention to. Doesn't mean God, doesn't mean God remembers, meaning he forgets other people. The word mindful in the Greek, uh, should we go there? There's no time. You, you study it on your own, see if I'm lying. The word mindful means to pay respect to. It means, listen, so it's almost like a husband and wife situation. God says, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wife. It's technically the same statement, 
divided into each person's nature. Because he then describes how do you love your wife by giving your life for her. It's, it's reverse honor. He's basically telling both of you to treat each other. He's telling both of you to make the other your priority. So the one who is quote unquote the senior person in the relationship, quote unquote, not senior in importance, just, in fact, I take the word senior back. The one who is given the leadership role, right? Prioritizing the other person means love. It means do something you're not, you're not, you don't have to do because of your compassion for the one you lead. To the one being led, he says, prioritize the other person, meaning allow them lead you, submit to their, to their leadership. It's the same thing between God and man. Proskineo means we acknowledge he is far more important than us. That's our submission to him. Mindfulness means even though he is far higher than us, he respects, you see, you see how beautiful this God we serve is? He respects and values we are important. Tracy, let's look at that word. I, because maybe you're like, no, no, that can't be true. Let's go there. Um, Psalm 84. Let's, let's, Psalm 8, Psalm 8 verse 4, sorry. Psalm 8 verse 4. La kaburiete la shambre Psalm 8 verse 4. Let's look at the word mindful. Mindful, 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 mindful. Yes, what zakar? Ladies and what does zakar mean? Listen, to remember, to call to mind, to be brought to remembrance, to be thought of, to be brought to mind. Listen, to mention, to record, to make a memorial. Someone say a memorial. Someone say a memorial. A primitive root properly means to mark someone say to mark in bracket so as to be recognized now let's look at the root word was a car it's also pronounced a car right it literally means male someone say male properly remembered but male someone say male now to understand what this means you have to understand the culture of the and i've explained several times that the things the Bible presents, it doesn't endorse. The Bible presents misogyny in the Asian Israelite culture. We know it doesn't endorse it because every time a woman challenged it, God said she was right. Example, the daughters of Zelophehad. God told Moses, they're right. You're treating them wrongly. But the point it's making here is male, quote unquote, in that culture, was males were the only ones who could inherit property go to war, right? Pass family lineage. Does that make sense? It was a very patriarchal society. So, zakar literally means to say you are significant. For instance, when the Bible talks about the feeding of the 5,000, it says 5,000 men, not counting, because that was the culture. The culture was, well, you're a woman, you're attached, in essence, the man is the real citizen. It's the same fallacy upon which the Constitution of the United States was built. The man is the real citizen. The women and children are just attaches. So God is saying here, I am, that's why in the New Testament, the Bible says neither male nor female. See, I, I was trying to escape this because of time, but I've got to break it down. In essence, we now all have equal importance to him because we are all now in a spiritual male called Christ. But the principle here is this. 
God is mindful of you the same way society in Israel was mindful of a man. You are important. You have value, right? You have stature. So the, the, the response to proskineo in God is that he's mindful of you. He marks you. He recognizes you. You, you have standing in his eyes. The next word there is visit. Since we're already in the Hebrew, let's look at the word visit, shall we? Boy, is it me? Is it warm tonight? The word visit, let's look at it real quick. Or visited is the word pakad, right? And pakad means to attend to. Pay attention to, observe, to seek for. It can also mean to punish if the visitation is for a negative reason, to appoint or commit. Does that make sense? In essence, we see clearly that this God is not interested in being proskineoed by people who are just afar groveling. You know, this is not like Thor, Love and Thunder, where the gods are eating pineapples and juice while the people praying to them are dying, being ignored. No, he says no. Proskineo is designed to initiate a two-way connection. You treat me with value by worshiping me, I'll treat you with value by being cocked. And I said, I will recognize your standing in the matters of the spirit and of reality, and I will visit you. I will give you prominence, listen, and I will reveal myself to you. Somebody say, reveal myself to you. Now, this is important because God says he's a spirit or is spirit. So you must worship him in a way that satisfies the fact that he is spirit. So again, I keep stressing worship here. Proskineo means, according to Romans 12, the sum total of how you live your life in spirit and truth. He then says he will be mindful of you and visit you. It's a relationship. So if God is not visiting you, you're either not proskineoing correctly or you're not taking advantage. In essence, it's either that you are not proskineoing at all with your life or he's attending the spot of the visitation like Adam and you're not there. But that's a different series. Now, what is God mindful of? Does that make sense? Because the same way what he is, what he is spirit would determine how we proskineo him, what we are will also determine how he visits us. Does that make sense? Is that fair? What he is determines how we must worship him. What we are determines how he visits us. And this is the problem. Because not only does the average modern day Christian not know what God is, we also don't know what we are. Does that make sense? And because of that, we don't know how to 
connect with the available visitation. Yes. So now you now should understand why I started off tonight by reading 1 Thessalonians. Right? Chapter 5. Because this is what... Now, I told you, I, t I taught five weeks on what is man. And I don't even think I finished, to be fair, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't finish. So maybe this is part six. Right? But the summary is, man is spirit, soul, and body. That is what man is. Spirit, soul, and body. What, so the answer to Psalm 8 verse 4, what is man, is primarily spirit, soul, and body. Listen, man is not a spirit. I think I've, I've taught that to death, right? And, and when I began to teach it, some of you sent me uh, a couple of clips about the fact that, you know, a fellow laborer in the kingdom has also taught that extensively. You know, so I honor, I honor that grace as well. Now, I'm going to stick to my own curriculum, right? So I'm assuming there'll be some overlap, but this is my own curriculum. And it's beautiful that the Holy Spirit can talk to two different people on other sides of the world, right? In the same season, with the same message to the body of Christ. That is comforting to me to know that I'm not crazy. Because I grew up, right? I have every single book Watchman Nee ever wrote. That I'm aware of anyway. If there's one I don't have, I don't know it. And I honor him as an apostolic father in the faith. And 99.999999% of what he said, I agree with. Where we slightly diverge is the concept that man is a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body does not stand up to biblical scrutiny at all. Nowhere does the Bible say man is a spirit. Are you with me? The Bible says man, according to here, is, and we see this over and over again, is, so the whole of man is spirit, soul, and body. It says, as I'll show you in a bit in the book of Job, there is a spirit in man. Notice, man is spirit, soul, and body. But there is a spirit in man, the same way there is also a flesh in man and Romans 12 tells us they wrestle one against the other so the answer to John chapter 2 when Jesus when the Bible says Jesus knew what was in man what is in man is spirit and flesh are you with me Galatians chapter 3 4 uh, compares them to the son of the free woman Sarah Isaac and the son of the bondwoman. Hagar, Ishmael, the Esau and Jacob, the wrestling of the two natures, that is what is in man and we will get there in a few days. But what is man is spirit, soul and body. And notice we see here in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that God wants to sanctify, hegeizoros, make us blameless before him, holy. Meaning, the process of Hegiezo, and I'll show you why this is important in a second, is not complete until it has reached spirit, soul, and body. 
if it stops at one or two, it is not complete. And God desires all three dimensions to man to be sanctified. Sir, what does this mean practically? I'm glad you asked. Come with me to Romans chapter 12. Let's go back to Romans chapter 12. Oh, it's going to be good tonight. Romans chapter 12. I, now, I beseech now, the same Paul who says he was praying that God would sanctify them, now is begging them. So notice, sanctification is something God does. Remember I told you, proskineo is the balance between God and man. So, he demands proskineo, or is seeking proskineo, it's not by force, you can deal with the consequences if you don't worship him, and he's offering in return, being mindful and visiting Zakar and Pakad, right? Okay, now, Paul says, as we just saw in 1 Thessalonians, that he's asking God to sanctify, meaning for that relationship to work, God must sanctify. We cannot sanctify ourselves. We can't. You know, but the Bible says, Jesus says, I sanctify myself. Hold up. Who is Jesus? And man. Hello. That, 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 that's, oh, I don't have time tonight. That, see, the life of Jesus is a perfect microcosm of how God and man should relate. Listen, and I'm not just talking about how God and man should relate between Jesus and the Father. I mean, Jesus himself was a walking relationship between God and man. The way his spirit dimension and his human dimension interacted is a picture of proskineo. So, you can facilitate or you can set the stage for sanctification. Only God can sanctify you. In essence, you can initiate sanctification. Only God can complete it. Remember Hosea chapter 10? Sow to yourselves in righteousness that you may reap mercy. It is time to seek the Lord. Break up your fallow ground. That's what you do. Till he. So righteousness begins with you and ends with him. You ascend the hill of the Lord. You stand in his holy place. He releases righteousness and the blessing. Does that make sense? So Paul says to the Lord, please, I'm begging you, sanctify them. But we see here he's saying to man, present your bodies. That's our role in sanctification. Present your body. Notice. One of the components of what man is. But I digress. Because it means a bit more than just a physical body here. A living sacrifice. Holy. Hegios. Same word. Or the root word. Hegios. Hegiazo. So, present your body a living sacrifice that it may be made holy and acceptable unto God. Remember 1 Thessalonians 5 says, preserved blameless before him, which is your reasonable 
service. Now, let's look at that word service. Let us look at the word service. It's the word latria. And latria means rendered for hire. Listen, the service and worship of God according to the requirements of the Levitical law to perform sacred service. It's used four times in the New Testament. Let's look at them real quick. Four, five times, sorry. Time will come when people who think they kill you or people who kill you, we think they're doing God's service, right? Romans 9 talks about the giving of the law and the service of God. Does that make sense? Romans 12, we've just read. Romans 9.1 talks about the first covenant having ordinances of divine service. Does that say divine, right? And Hebrews 9.6 talks about in the tabernacle, the priest accomplishing the service of God. So we see clearly that Latria here connotes divine rudiments by which God is covenantly interacted with. What the priests did in the Old Testament. In essence, this is why some New Testament versions translate this as reasonable act of worship. It may not be the word proskineo, but it literally means a way in which proskineo is rendered. So proskineo in the Old Testament was rendered by sacrifice and by the Levitical uh, 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 custom, among other things. Well, God is saying in the New Testament, our version of the covenant practices of sacrifice and Levitical rudiments is presenting our bodies. Now, what is the body? One of the things that man is, it's the container, right? Man is body, soul, and spirit. So when you present the body, you are literally presenting the other two. Would you agree? If I give you this bottle of oil, I'm giving you the oil inside, correct? So God is saying, I want the whole package. And that's why the word soma or body sometimes in, in Greek means the whole entirety of man. Are you with me so far? And it says, if you present yourself, hegiazo, sanctified, what Paul asked God to do to us in First Thessalonians 5, and he asked God to do it to our spirit, soul, and body wholly. I mean, that's all of us, right? He says, if you present your body for God to do that, this is your reasonable latria. It means this is your acceptable. In essence, this is what God expects. Stay with me. This is heaven's standard for proskineo. In essence, this is the definition of spirit and truth. I'm going deeper in a second, but stay with me. Right? This is the definition of spirit and truth. This is, the, in essence, what I required from the patriarchs and the Levitical order down to Christ in the New Testament, the way they demonstrated their proskineo to me, this is the way I'm asking you to demonstrate your proskineo to me. 
Are you with me, somebody? Okay. Now, remember, on one side is an Elohim, spirit. On the other side is spirit, soul, and body. And we are told, for the covenant relationship to hold, spirit, soul, and body must proskineo in spirit and truth. Elohim will then be mindful of, Psalm 8.4, and visit spirit, soul, and body. Right? We're told here, in 1 Corinthians 5, sorry, that Paul expects, Chrissy, work with me back and forth, Paul expects God to sanctify spirit, soul, and body. means set apart in a condition he approves of. St. Paul then asks spirit, soul, and body to present themselves to God for that sanctification process. And that is our latria. That's our expression of proskineo. Are you with me so far? Are you with me so far? Okay. Now let's go a step further. Because this gets deeper. Are you with me? Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. And with the exception of Thessalonians, every single scripture that I've used to make the point the last few days, if you've been on the 90-day Bible journey, you should have reached by now. Uh, if you're late, that's your fault. But if you're on the 90-day Kingdom Culture devotional Bible reading plan, First Thessalonians 5 is the only scripture that you would not have arrived at by now. Right? Okay, so Philippians 3. Uh, what have I done? Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, in essence, I don't mind repeating myself. Can I help you with this, please? He then gives them an instruction. Thank you, sir. Beware of dogs and evil workers. I, I wish I had time. I wish I had time. Beware of dogs and evil workers. Um, mm, yeah, Tony, am I look, should, I have time, should, I be, should I look for trouble tonight? Someone tell your neighbor, beware of dogs. In the house of God. But I digress. He then says, listen, for we are the circumcision. Pause. Which worship God in the spirit. Pause. Where have we seen this phrase before? God is spirit, and he's seeking those who will worship him in spirit and truth. We are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. Pause. Again, if you understand your Bible, this, this is a... This is, a, this is the kind of scripture you, po you stop at for a week in your Bible study or more. What is circumcision? Now, I touched on this in the first series of the quorum last year, but I didn't get deep. That there are two elements to the covenant God established with Israel coming from Abraham. The first element was circumcision. Circumcision was the, the mark of citizenship, of identity. 
Then there were the Levitical instructions and rudiments, which were what was expected from a citizen. It's the same relationship between a government and a citizen, right? You have a birth certificate. And for many of us, a passport, correct? That's circumcision. Circumcision is your birth certificate into, or was your birth certificate into the Israelite nation. Then you have a constitution, right? A code of laws and practices that every British citizen is expected to keep, right? Listen, and you may be a citizen by birth, but there are some of these laws you can break that limit your rights as citizens. Up to landing in jail, up to being, not in the UK anymore, but in other nations being killed. One of the rights of a citizen is life. That's a fundamental human right, the right to be alive, right? Okay. And so if you violate that right for another human being, some countries will respond by taking away your right to life. Well, it's the same thing in the kingdom. Circumcision in the Old Testament was the birth certificate. It basically said you are a Hebrew. Abraham did it. He did it to his sons, right? Uh, when Moses was going to go deliver Israel and he was taking his children uncircumcised, God was like, hey, dude, wagwan. And Zipporah knew exactly what to do. It means the conversation had happened. Does that make sense? It means Mo Moses was not unaware of why God wanted to kill him. And my assumption is Moses had tried to circumcise the boys, my assumption, and Zipporah said, no, we don't do this here. And so when she saw her husband was going to die, she, in frustration, did it. And then she called Moses a bloody husband. She says, you are a husband of meaning you've made me shed my children's blood. It was so important because God was saying, I can't send you to it. Listen, God was saying to, to, to Moses, you, you have no right to govern this people with whom I have made a covenant of circumcision if your own household is not circumcised. If you look in the book of Genesis, I don't have time. When God, was it Genesis 16 or 17? The Bible says God told Abraham, this will be an eternal covenant between me and your descendants. That's element one. Element two is then the instructions that were given, the sacrifices, the, the, the Ten Commandments, and all those other things. So in the New Testament, the Jews were claiming exclusivity in being able to call themselves the people of Yahweh to anyone who, in essence, we're telling the Gentiles, if you are going to be a Christian, you must be circumcised because you cannot have a, you cannot proskineo Yahweh without circumcision. What they missed was the covenant had changed. It was the same Elohim on one side, the same spirit, soul, and body on the other side, the same proskineo being expected, but the 
technology, you get it. The technology of admit to the latria had changed. Proskinio is eternal. Latria has changed throughout history. And Paul is saying, in this new technology or latria, the requirement of circumcision is no longer a knife in the nether regions of a man. Also, remember the word zakar, right? And this is why men in the misogynistic side of the Old Testament covenant that the Bible presents but doesn't necessarily endorse, this is why it was special to be a man. Since you were the one who was circumcised, right? You were the one who had a direct claim to a relationship with Yahweh. The women and the children within your jurisdiction were simply your attaches to your covenant with Yahweh. Does that make sense? Thank God in the New Testament, there's neither male nor female. We are now, we've gone back to the Garden of Eden where we all have a right, Eve included, to connect with God for ourselves. Patriarchy was one of the fallen dimensions of man was manifested. However, so Paul is saying here, let's go back there, Chrissy, that what circumcision was to the Old Testament. Chrissy, you there? Can we go back to the, to the scripture? What circumcision was to the Old Testament, worshiping God in the spirit and rejoicing in Jesus, having no confidence in our flesh, is in the new. Hmm. Sure on that. In essence, for us to understand what it means to worship God in spirit. No, no, spirit and truth, two different things. But for us to understand the spirit side of that equation, the Bible is instructing us to go and study circumcision. In essence, there is something that must be removed in a painful manner. There is a marking in our flesh that must be accomplished for God to accept our proskineo as in spirit and truth. In essence, worshiping God in spirit and truth is being circumcised in the Old Testament and performing the Levitical instructions. So if a foreigner came to perform the Levitical instructions who was not circumcised, as far as God was concerned, that's not spirit and truth. And a circumcised Israelite did not perform the Levitical process. That wasn't also worship, spirit, and truth. So, in essence, circumcision here is one of the prerequisites. In essence, you cannot, by definition, worship God in spirit and truth if you have not been new covenant spiritually circumcised. Are you with me so far, everybody? And what is circumcision? the marking in the area of a man that is his most vulnerable and in what he is 
what he requires, the technology he requires to recreate himself, to produce anything from his DNA. God says, cut it, mark it, brand me on it. Endure the pain of subjecting your ability to function to my dominion. That is the requirement according to God here. Paul here in Philippians 3, for being able to worship God in spirit and truth. Now hear me. What is God? Answer, what is God? Spirit. What is man? Spirit, soul, body. What was marked in the Old Testament in circumcision? Which part of those three? The body. Paul is telling us in the New Testament we don't need to mark the body anymore. Slow down. Right? So if there is a circumcision in the New Testament, and Paul is saying it has nothing to do with our bodies anymore, you might still want to do it for health reasons, for hygiene reasons, I get that, but for spiritual purposes, you don't need to do it anymore. Right? It means something must be marked. If you remove the body from these three things, what else is left in man to mark? The spirit or the soul. Let's drill deeper. Why did God ask Abraham to mark himself? Part of it was the punishment for having Ishmael. God's instruction to Abraham to circumcise himself came after he had Ishmael. God was saying, you think you're able to perform. You, so you're so sure Sarah is the one who can have a child. You, 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 you're, you're, a, you're a bad man. You're bad man things, you know. Bad man, yeah. You know, you think you <laughs> you're confident in your ability. So I want to wound the source of your confidence. I want to mark what you think you can engage. What the part of you that was out of control in creating an alternative to my will. Mark it. And for everyone to walk in covenant with me from today, notice so nobody before Abraham was ever required to be circumcised. For anyone to walk with me in covenant from today, they must demonstrate to me that they do not consider their ability superior to mine. So let's go back to what is man. Spirit, soul, body. Body was marked in the Old Testament. Paul tells us in the New, put the body aside. It's not necessary. Spirit and soul. Which of the two do you think requires a marking? Don't answer, because that's going to be our next few days. But one or more, one or, one or both of those two must be marked the way the flesh was marked in circumcision for God to encounter, of God to accept it as worship in spirit and truth. And I'm going to give you a clue which one with my last scripture tonight. And after that last scripture, we are going to pray and make some prophetic declarations. So don't go anywhere. Come with me to Romans chapter 11. 
if at all possible you don't want to miss any of this any of these these 40 days and if you have to miss one because of time schedules please make sure you catch up on the recording extremely important all right all right somebody hmm So that's in Romans 11. I meant Romans 7. Sorry, not 11. Romans 7. Romans 7. And if you know any Christian who you believe wants to grow in their walk with God to a place where they can be used by God in this season, please send them the links to these recordings. Let them join live or listen to afterwards. Uh, they, their destinies will thank you for it. And again, like I said, if you're if you're a regular um, partaker of this of this table, and you want to get in touch with us so that we can um, we can be more intentional about discipling or creating forums for your spiritual growth, including not all the time, but sometimes including uh, coming to your region or creating regional platforms for your spiritual edification, then send us an email at contact at kculture.org. Uh, God keeps saying to me, you must know who you're responsible for. Uh, Chrissy, the email address again, please. You must know who you're responsible for so that you can be responsible. Write that down. Chrissy, the email address, please. You must know who you are responsible for so you can act responsibly. You cannot take responsibility. Is Chrissy still there? Without knowing who or what you are responsible for. Okay, I don't know what, I don't know if you've lost Chrissy, but Tony, if you could help me out with the email address on the screen, please, for anybody who wants to reach out to us as quickly as possible, please. Are you, are you doing it? Okay, that's fine, that's fine. So, Romans chapter 7. The dog, yes. No, no, just put the banner up on StreamYard. Contact the kculture.org. I don't know. I think Christy must be slain in the Holy Spirit. Okay, we, we, we've got Christy back. I think she got slain in the, slain in the glory. <laughs> or she took a bathroom break, which she's entitled to. Romans 7. Look. Now, tomorrow, if God allows us, we may look at Romans 7 in more detail. But for today, I just want to skip through the last bit. I find the law that when I would do good, evil is present in me. I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Now look at verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Philippians says we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, right? And rejoice. Let's, let's, let's go back there. I want to show you these two side by side. So, um... Philippians 3, we are the circumcision which rejoice, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus, right? And have no confidence in our flesh. When you go to Romans 7, he spends the entire chapter talking about why he, there should be no confidence in your flesh. Pretty much the entire chapter of Romans 7 is telling you why you should have no confidence in your flesh. He then says, I thank God, aka rejoice, close enough. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, listen. So then with the mind, somebody say with the mind, I myself serve. Someone say serve. You see that word again, serve? Where did we see it before? 
This is your reasonable service. So, Paul is telling us, if he wrote Romans, which I believe, telling us here, that that reasonable service, serve, must be done with the mind. Someone say with the mind. What is God? Spirit. What is man? We've got to rush because of time. Spirit, soul, body. What part of that tripartite nature houses the mind? The soul. The soul is the mind, the will, the emotions. It has the function of memory and imagination. We've broken that down before. We'll do it again in the future. So Paul says, this service, that this latria that must demonstrate proskineo, can only correctly be done with the mind. Meaning, the body can go through the motions and it won't be acceptable to God. You can lift your hands, you can sing, you can put an animal in a sacrifice, you can give an offering, whatever else you do, right? You can, but if the, in essence, the, there must be an act of the cognitive will and emotion, right? And intellect, one of those three or more must be involved for it to be considered reasonable service. With the mind, he says, I serve the law of God. With the mind. He says with the flesh, the law of sin, we'll come to that in a few days, but with the mind. Someone say with the mind. So which of the three do you think requires circumcision in the new covenant? It's the soul. What the ancient Hebrew did to their flesh, their, their body, let's distinguish between body and flesh, because there's a difference. And I think we taught that at the, at the Quran, but I'll teach it again in this series real quick, that the flesh is not the body, they're different. Um, although the flesh sometimes, most times uses the body. So what the Asian Hebrew did to their body to be able to be qualified to proskineo acceptably in covenant, the new covenant believer must do to their soul, their mind. There must be a cutting. That's why the Bible says we must renew. Romans 12. Don't be conformed to this world because there are other Elohims here all seeking worship, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word renewing literally is referring to the process of circumcising your mind. Are you with me? So for that covenant of proskineo upwards, worship in spirit and truth, remember I said it's the sum total of your life that reveals honor to him, and Zakar, mindful, and Pakad visits him downwards from God to us to be, to be cogent and for it to work. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's nothing he needs to do. He is who he is. He's never changed. We did. We did after the fall. God is the exact way he's always existed. We were con corrupted when Adam fell. And so the only way for God to stop saying, Adam or Israel, where are you? Is to 
circumcise or renew your mind. Why? Because in the Old Testament, it was with your body that you latriated. Even though God was always still looking to the heart. God told Israel, I see, I gave you body instructions, he said, but I look upon the heart. And that's why the Bible says he finds fault. He finds fault, shalom, with the old covenant because the old covenant gave instructions that could only be fulfilled with a changed heart. So God played a trick on man. He gave man body-focused instructions that were designed, he said, to expose the issue in our hearts. And he was waiting for men to come to the conclusion people like David did. Creating me a clean heart. David figured out, I cannot fulfill the Old Testament instructions with my heart, my mind, my soul uncircumcised. So he would ask, he said, God, circumcise my mind for me. And that's why he was a man after God's heart. And God says in Hebrews to us, that's why I found fault with it. It couldn't make you perfect. It, see, it didn't qualify you for spirit and truth because it was possible to find a way around the instruction without the heart being circumcised. And also, it was impossible to consistently find your way around the instructions without a circumcised heart. You'd eventually run into a roadblock. So the old covenant was simply a way to show man the need for the new. The Old Testament latria was a shadow and a type. So the Bible says that were shadows and types, but this is the reality. This is the fulfillment of God's original desire. And we will see in the next few days the reason now for statements like, my soul follows hard after you. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Right? Only a circumcised soul can latria and proskineo a spirit. And that's why any spirit, when you start trying to proskineo it, will give you a series of instructions designed to circumcise your soul. A demonic spirit will ask you to commit heinous activities that are designed to circumcise your soul in its direction. It wants to change your value system. Only a, see, only a certain kind of person can serve a certain kind of spirit. And so the first job of the spirit is to make you that kind of person by circumcising your soul. Let's pray. We'll continue tomorrow at 7 p.m. Before we pray, a couple of instructions. Don't go. Um, I got a few prophetic blessings and declaration what well, you can go if you want <laughs> i ain't gonna beg you to stay for this one this is for your benefit but before you go um if you want to give the details on your screen and if you are a regular or you want to become a regular giver a partner with what we're doing here please send us an email don't just gifts also send us an email chrissy again contact at kcultural.org because we want to put you as a part of our family that we are spiritually even if this is not your local church, but if you're a partner with us, that you are spirit, we're spiritually responsible for in making sure the purpose and the blessing of God finds expression in your life. Amen. Also, this is going on till the 14th of November, every single night at 7 p.m. UK time. Uh, and for the vast majority, it will be me and I'll be here at the studio. There's a couple of uh, maybe three or three across the entire period, maybe four 
where somebody else will lead uh, and also may be from a different place. But I'll be here with you for the most part going through this life-changing curriculum. Uh, and the Spirit of God says, Amen. Now lift up your hands, everybody. Father, circumcise our hearts that you may visit us that you may recognize us that we may have standing in your ecosystem help us to surrender to the dealings of eternity that we may function as eternity in time and i pray a blessing on everyone on this journey that the things that stood in your way of this circumcision that have made you unrecognized and unvisited or unrecognizable and unvisitable by the monarch of Zion, that he will sanctify in this journey, that he will release the grace for righteousness and alignment, that you may find your seat as a senator in Zion, as a man or woman of stature. Receive grace to rise and shine that his glory may be risen on you in the precious name of Jesus. Be blessed. Love you guys. See you tomorrow at 7 p.m. Don't come alone. Bring somebody with you. Take care. Bye-bye.